different for you. So you're looking at this wonky clock, right? It is a clock. And this is going to this is the this is the beginning of what I want to talk about these five success success snatching things that are keeping you from playing a bigger game in the market, keeping you from owning your brilliance. And I got these from listening to women. I listen to what they say. I listen to how they show up in the marketplace. And here, here's one of the things they say, and it has to do with time. And they say, I don't have enough time. Well, the truth of the matter is you're never going to have enough time. <laughs> There's never enough time to do everything that you have to do. So you have to learn how to leverage and use your time in a better way. So you have to determine what the priorities are. If you need help, ask for help. If you need to outsource, outsource. I'm not going to dig into a lot of these, but a lot of times we, we say these things, I don't have enough time, but then we see because social media, you know, people love to be on social media. They love to talk about what they're doing and what's going on. So we see them, you know, talking about scandal, talking about uh, empire, talking about power. And I, I watch those shows, but one thing I never say is I don't have enough time. <laughs> So if I'm going to do those things, then I still make time to do what's the priority or what I've learned to do in the day and age that we we're in. I don't have to watch these shows real time. I enjoy them. They're guilty pleasures I have. They help fuel my uh, my creativity and I get inspired and it gives me a chance to not think about all the stuff that I have going on. But now with the apps and the streaming, if I want to watch it, you know, after I finish what I'm doing, I can't. I don't have to worry about trying to finish what I'm doing or sacrifice what I'm doing to stop and spend an hour watching something. OK, so leverage your time better. It's not that you don't have time. It's that you're not using your time wisely. The second thing that uh, I hear a lot of is I don't have the money. And you know what? When I saw this, I was like, I love her facial expression because it's snarky. Um, it's snarky. It's it's like a yeah, right, whatever kind of look. Um, and that's the truth. We say we don't have the money. Well, it's not about not having the money. It's about determining what the priority is. And if you notice, I'm using the word priority a lot. There are some things in your life that you've been called to do that's going to require you to make certain things a priority. You and your training and your up leveling and and your um, becoming better at what you do has to be a priority. So sometimes it's not I don't have the money. It's how can I get the money? How can I generate the money? How can I? I'm not saying go out on a whim and not pay bills unless that's what you're led to do. I never tell people how to how to handle their money. I know people talk about handling object objections and stuff like that. Sometimes objections are are uh, excuses, and sometimes they're real truths, you know. And uh, a person has to be okay with what you know, whether or not they're really they're really telling the truth, or if they're just making an excuse. So it's not about not having the money. It's about how can I do it do what I need to do, maybe that I could generate the money, you know, ask the question, well, are there some things I can do to uh, generate the money that I can uh, use to pay for what it is I need to do? And I'm not just talking about coaching and services. I'm just talking about anything that you need to own, I mean, to operate your 
business at a high level. And that's one of the things I really want to start talking about and driving is how do you operate your business at a high level, at a level of excellence, at a level that honors uh, the vision that God has given you in the world. Okay. So it's not about not having the money. It's about knowing how to prioritize the money you do have or, um, you know, making decisions that allow you to say, you know what? I'm going to maybe these next 10, these 10 books that I have or these uh, 10 seats I have in a course, I'm going to earmark X amount of dollars for this particular thing. Okay. And the beauty of this, this is, again, this is something that you can do with anything that you want and you desire to have and desire to buy. Okay. All right. So the third thing is, I love this. I love the way she's like scratching her head, like, well, I, I, I don't know what's going on. Well, yeah, because a lot of people don't know where to start. When it comes to owning their brilliance and mastering their brands, they do not know where to get started. They don't know what to do. So many women come to me about saying, you know, I need help with my brand. And the first thing they want to talk about is their logo and their website. And I have to I'll be like, hold, oh, pump your brakes, pump your brakes. That's not what this conversation is, is going to be about, because your brand is so much more than a logo and a website and a business card. Actually, that is the tail end of what you should be doing. If you don't have a solid brand foundation and platform, if you do not understand your mission, your vision, your promise, if you don't understand your ideal client in like a crazy, crazy way, why are you talking about a website and a logo? Because it's not going to resonate. It's not going to do the job for you. I always say that your brand should do the heavy lifting. Your brand should make it so make it so that you are stepping up and stepping out um, into something that's already out in the marketplace working on your behalf. That's what your brand should be doing. You should never have to sell. Oprah don't have to sell anybody. Because she has a solid brand. She understands who she is. She understands her market, her audience. There are things that she understands. So now because she understands them, she can filter her decisions through whether or not she's going to do a thing. And that's the level of excellence and understanding and clarity you have to get to about your brand. Your brand is a decision making filter for you. Your brand is a differentiator in the market. Your brand is a whole lot of other things before it becomes a logo and a website. You got to get that. Your brand and its message really is the essence of who you are. So if you understand those things on a fundamental level, then the logo and the tagline and the website and the business card and the colors and, and the fonts become easier. There are certain things I understand about my brand. My, my brand, it is a higher level brand. It's a premium brand. It reaches a certain type of woman. So I use a certain type of font. It's very intentional. I use black and white and red roses. Very intentional. I don't pull things out the sky just because. I don't come up with things just because I like them. My liking them is a bonus. It's what your market wants, desires, needs, loves from you. 
And if you discover that you're using elements in your brand visually that aren't resonating, then you got to go back and understand who your ideal client is, who your target market is. You got to understand who they are and then put something together and put it out there. Honey, sometimes this is trial and error. Sometimes you put it out there and it don't stick. And it's like you're like, I don't know what's going on. Because you haven't asked the question. You haven't asked the question. You haven't talked to key people in your market. Go have conversations with the clients that you've already served. Ask them why they chose you. Ask them why they went with you. And I promise you, most of them won't say because of your price. Because people spend money based on the value that you're going to bring. And even if your uh, product or service is at a higher price point, at a higher price point, they're willing to spend it with you because they know the return on value for them is going to be amazing. OK, and I don't want to go into a lot of that, but you got to know where to start. you got to know where to start. And when I go through my six steps with you, you're going to understand what I mean when I say that. All right. The next thing you hear women say is, and this is a big one, and this one is very personal for me because I went through this. I went through this personally. I'm not good enough. Take a, I want you to take a really deep, I want you to pause and take a really deep breath on that one. And here's why I want you to really take a deep breath on that one, because I hear this so much. And if this is you, I want you to pause and just take a deep breath. Because this one right here, I'm not good enough, is one of the biggest reasons why women don't own their brilliance. It's one of the biggest reasons why women don't show up in the marketplace. Because this I am not enough or I am not good enough puts you in a very dark, desolate headspace. So you shut down or you sit and compare yourself to every everybody in your industry. Well, that can turn into bitterness. It can turn into frustration. It can turn into a lot of things that are not going to serve you. So then you wind up being stuck. You can't move forward. You're unsure about who you are, what you're supposed to do. So what do you wind up doing? Nothing. Nothing. You start to give up. You start to throw in the towel. It looks like everybody in the free world is doing better than you. Well, they probably are because now you're in self-pity. You're in self-pity. I can't stress enough to you about shifting your mindset from this, I'm not good enough, to saying, you know what? I am fabulous. I'm amazing. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. How do we get to say that we aren't enough when God said we're fearfully and wonderfully made? You are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image and likeness. How are you not enough? How are you not enough? 
So let me tell you the number one way that you can shift out of this I'm not enough pity party, okay? And I'm telling you what I know. I'm not telling you what I read in a book or what I heard. I'm telling you what I personally know because I've gone through it. You have to shift into gratitude. You have to shift into being grateful for everything around you. I mean, everything. <laughs> because that gratitude starts to shift you out of where you are, where you're not in this dark, desolate place having a I'm not enough pity party and you start to realize the goodness, the, the, the amazingness, the awesomeness that was placed on the inside of you before the foundation of the world. So you start to be grateful for the, for the, 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 the witty ideas and creativity that God's given you. You start to be grateful for the people's lives that you've been able to touch even if they never say a word, we spend a lot of time looking for appreciation from other people. We spend a lot of time there. We need to free ourselves because if, if that's why we're doing it, baby, we might want to stop. We might want to stop. Because people aren't there they're, they're, nowadays. They don't have they don't want to they don't have time to stroke your ego. Because it really is ego. I'm telling you, remember I said, I'm telling you what I know, not what I read. I'm telling you what I've been through. And that's ego. That's this need to be appreciated and validated. And, 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 and we do have that to a certain degree, but we cannot let it control how we move and operate in the world with our gifts and talents and brilliance. Not good enough. I'm not enough. Shift that to I am enough, I am good enough. I was fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image and likeness and everything that he has in him is in me. I am creative, I am innovative, I am amazing, I am awesome, I am powerful. That's how you shift out of that. And then by the time you get finished, honey, you ready to take on the world. You're like, what you got for me? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. The next one is, <laughs> and I uh, I was trying to think, I was like, okay, what, what could the fifth one be? And I, this one, I hear it a lot. And I saw the movie. I saw Wonder Woman twice. Um, but here, here, let me, let me say this. Let me say this with all, with all, um, um, compassion and graciousness as I possibly can. You're not a superhero. Okay. You are not a superhero. You about to run yourself in the ground physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. You're not a superhero. Some, a couple years ago, I spoke at a retreat for women and it was a self-care retreat. And my topic was killing superwoman. It might sound a little harsh, but you're not superwoman. You're not a superhero. You're not Wonder Woman. You're not. There are going to be times where you got to cut it, cut it off, stop it, lay it down. I had to learn how to do that. You can't show up in brilliance if you're always trudging in the dirt all the time, in the weeds all the time. 
owning your brilliance and showing up in your in 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 your brilliance in the market sometimes it requires you to take care of yourself not sometimes it requires you to be intentional about taking care of yourself it requires you to um set aside time to to pamper you to do the things that you enjoy and love. It requires you to sit down um, and have time with your family. It requires you to go on a vacation every now and then. It requires you to do a getaway. It requires you to take a day off, you know, and head. It does, but you have to set your business up so that it can support that. Okay, so it can support that. So these were the five, what I just went through, these were the five success snatching things that you are believing, that you are believing that's keeping you from owning, owning your brilliance and mastering your brand. Three steps. I want to share with you three steps to own your brilliance. 